Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm Rachel Schmitz, your host, here with my husband and co-host, Mike. How are you today? Your favorite co-host. Yes, my favorite, because <laughs> I re- realized I had more than one. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> today we're talking about transition. Now, that word in and of itself might provoke different memories or emotions in you. Uh, You might think of a job change, a transition in child labor, if if you're a woman, personal change, countless other areas of life. And what is transition? Essentially, it means a change from one state or condition to another. For example, we want to have a smooth transition when one new owner takes control of the company. (laughs) Um, sometimes it's a difficult transition from childhood to adulthood. And the full definition of transition is a change or a shift from one state, subject, place to another. A period or a phase in which such a change or shift is happening. So it's a lot of what you know we're changing from one thing to the next. And that's not easy. Change is not always easy. Let's say a patient's transition from the hospital to home. We actually know someone right now who had broken their ankle and they can't put weight on it quite yet. So Mm -hmm. they can't really use crutches very well. So they can't come home yet. They're not ready to make that transition. I had to transition from a broken hand. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) How do I type for a living with a broken hand? Yeah, that was really frustrating. So uh, that's just a, a much smaller version of what that person is going through, but I can kind of relate to it now, having gone through a minor version of it mm-hmm. myself, yeah. because you feel uh, on some level, you're ready to get back into it. And uh, your body just can't quite handle it yet. And you can not see sometimes the the roadblocks and the obstacles mm-hmm. that are in the way. You just want to get back to normal, but you can't do that like for me for a long time I could not lift more than a couple of pounds even though my finger felt a lot better that was kind of deceiving because if I put too much weight on it it would break again so you just can't even get close to that point where you Mm -hmm. would feel the pain again because it very quickly can get back to that state where you've you've overdone it and you have to start the recovery all over again and I feel like that (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh opportunity to experience that exact same thing but not with a physical transition <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i remember that it was interesting there's certain things i remember when we had a snowstorm and you were getting stuff on to go snow blow and i was like what are you doing you have a broken hand yeah you had to protect me from myself i did <laughs> i said you are not doing this i am doing this and it's just okay but transition we experience this throughout our lives like you think of your child transitioning to school for the first time or maybe some of you have found that you have continued to school your children at home after lockdown happened and you discovered that it was going well and you wanted to continue that was a transition actually that is how we started this podcast in april of 2020 it's true we kept getting questions well i got a ton of questions about how do you do this because everyone's stuck at home trying to you know help their kids and so i was answering a lot of questions and i said you know maybe we should try to share this message and mike's like well we should do a podcast and that is that's what i know that's how this started and it's almost it'll be two years in april already <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, but that was a transition that I remember my first one being really, 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 really nervous. 
and you know, each one I grow and change and get better. But again, transition yet again. This is really an interesting um, phenomenon in science. Your eye retains images slightly longer than you're actually exposed to them. Mm. And it tends to meld two successive images into one, creating a smooth transition between them. And this is actually responsible for the illusion of motion in movies, in television. Makes sense. Yeah. I just thought that was really fascinating. That is cool. You know, as we're talking about these definitions and recognizing some different instances of of transition, it kind of occurs to me that your entire life is a transition in (laughs) some way, shape, or form. It's hard to put a bow on it and compartmentalize it into this particular season. I was in a transition. And then after that, everything just clicked into place and (laughs) nothing transitioned or changed ever (laughs) again. You know, and Mm -hmm. I just feel like if you are resistant to change, which a lot of us kind of naturally are, it can actually be helpful to recognize that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Because then you don't get bent out of shape and upset when it does happen. Yeah. You can try to control it maybe or nudge it in the direction that you want it to go instead of just resenting the fact that it's happening by just leaning into the fact that it's constantly going to happen and I'm never going to escape it, but that's okay. Right. And knowing that and embracing that, it makes us more readily willing to change. You think about, I think about water in a river and how over time, the riverbanks can change because of the force of the water. And when you're resistant to that, that's when things break. And so if we stay fluid in our mindset, and like a growth mindset, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast, then we are willing to change and transition. And then going from one thing to the next is not going to be earth shattering and going to break us down. So this wasn't in the outline, but based on this conversation, it reminds me of that newsletter that I sent out recently about Theseus's ship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You want me to tell that story real quick? Okay. So the legend of Theseus comes from Greek mythology. He was the guy who fought the Minotaur in the labyrinth. So very famous in Greek mythology. And uh, there was story about his ship, which was being uh, kept at this this dock. And over time, pieces of the ship would wear out. And so they would be replaced. And eventually, long enough time, kind of a, a philosopher's thought experiment is after every original piece of the ship has been replaced, is it still Theseus's ship? And personally, I think obviously Yes, because the identity goes beyond the raw materials that are used for it. And I think if you're talking about transition and change and you just lean into it and it's always happening, that makes it easier to arrive at that conclusion because just bringing it personally, your identity, right? You are who you are, even though you are completely different than you were handful of years ago Mm -hmm. every cell of your body may be different than it was even 10 years ago but you're still the same person and so when you embrace change and transition you can kind of enjoy the ride a little bit more Mm -hmm. and you don't have to get frustrated fighting to keep an old identity you can just kind of go with the changes and 
reconcile the dissonance by saying, well, that thing that I used to do, that was several me's ago (laughs) when I first arrived at that conclusion and holding those beliefs lightly and being willing to change your mind and stuff like that. I feel like that all aligns with this whole theme of transition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about how it's transition is sometimes abrupt, but it's not always. And I think about my journey with my kids and how when we first decided to homeschool, like I was very resistant to that. I've told this story before, but I had a total change of heart when I was, it sunk down in my heart that we need to do this and this is the right thing for our son, Toby, our oldest. And I just remember being like, really nervous about it. Like I felt so responsible. Like, what if I mess him up? Like, what if he doesn't learn to read? All these things. And each year I've gained a little bit more perspective and experience and confidence. And I love it even more and more and more now. And to this day, like I still can't believe I have a son that's going to be entering high school and he wants to keep being homeschooled. Like I didn't (laughs) think this would ever happen. Like I'd I never even had it on my radar to be homeschooling still. And not only has he figured out how to read, he reads and writes Latin, he edits podcasts, he does all sorts of other crazy stuff. So you didn't mess him up. (laughs) Yeah, it's going fine. It's just fine. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And the other day he said, Mom, I was thinking about it. Homeschool moms are... They're they're students too, because you guys you have to like re, you have to like learn all this alongside of us. I said mm-hmm. that is true, and I really actually enjoy it. You know, as we're going through math, like I have to relearn a lot of stuff, but it it's fun. It's fun to try and figure it out and solve the problems. Or I'm going through defeating Darwinism with him right now, which is a really fantastic book. I recommend to for uh, you to go through with your middle school, high school, or um, young adults, adults to read. It's very good. I just love all this stuff. I'm learning. He's doing mock trial this semester. I, I don't know anything about mock trial, and I'm learning everything about mock trial. And this is exciting. So when we can embrace this this uh, mental state of being excited about change, that will just help us embrace what's coming. And it will help us grow and mature and learn so much more. Because um, it's it's proven that children learn much better in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. But when it's stringent and when there's pressure and stress and anxiety put on it, like you have to take these tests and do this Mm -hmm. multiple choice stuff and do all this stuff, the learning is not happening. We're doing enough to get by to pass, but we're not really engaged in learning. Well, it's not just kids. Uh, I had a friend tell me one time that the way to read more books was to find books that contained potential solutions to problems that you were currently facing. Yeah. And I started applying that and I love it. I mean, that's the reason that I read exclusively nonfiction books. It's not that I think fiction is boring or has no value. It's just, I want to find out new answers. I'm (laughs) constantly asking questions. I'm Mm -hmm. going through a book right now that is literally just questions. Uh, Personal Socrates by Mark Champagne, which is a phenomenal book. We're going to cover it soon for the the Bookworm podcast. But in the back of that book, there's a sentence that says, a single question has the ability to change your life. Mm -hmm. And if you lean into that, then learning is fun. So I guess my encouragement here to 
all the adults who might be listening is not to lose that curiosity. Yeah. Not to wish that things would just slow down and get easy. What does Jim Rohn say? Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Yeah. And the way to get better is to constantly be learning, constantly be trying things out, constantly be searching for new and better ways and books, in my opinion, podcasts too, but especially books like there's a great source of information from some of the most brilliant minds the world has ever seen that most people cannot be bothered to go to a library and pick one up, even though it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. That's so sad. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> be one of those people who constantly wants to know why. Yeah. If you don't have a library card, please, before you listen to another episode, get a library card <laughs> at your local <laughs> library. I saw- Well, um, I'll, go, I'll go a step further. Uh, because if you, I understand not everyone can afford it, but if you have the means, I mean, just start buying the books because they're really not that expensive. You probably spend more money on like Starbucks coffee <laughs> than it would cost you to start building your own library. Even if you buy one a, a month. Yeah. and that's, 10 to 20 bucks, depending on the book. That's where I started was anytime somebody started mentioning to me, oh, this is a really good book. I would instantly pull it up on Amazon and buy it. So I had it. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't read all of my books, but a lot of those ones that I did buy in the moment, I go back and I find them again as I'm finish up one book and I'm looking for something else. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that one. I was really curious about that one. And I've read the majority of them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, haven't read all of them. That's okay. Just the fact that I have that stuff at my disposal that it's accessible yeah that makes me happy like mm -hmm. it's it's hard to explain just owning the books putting them on the shelf glancing at the library somebody wrote an article about this one time uh this concept was the anti-library <laughs> and, and it's just it's not a collection of stuff that you have read it's a collection of things that are that are in your possession that are there basically if you if you need them and I believe that you want to collect dots and your brain connects them in new and interesting ways and you should be reading. You shouldn't just grab books and, and put them on the shelf. But the fact that they're sitting on the shelf and you haven't gotten to them yet doesn't mean that they're not giving you any value either. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. And I think it's so vital that another Jim Rohn quote, <laughs> work harder on yourself than on your job. When we do that, we become the best version of ourselves, and we are that much more effective to the people around us. And when we have a good example of how to transition in our own life from one season to the next and one thing to the next, our children learn that by example. They learn more by what we do than what we say, yep. by seeing us than hearing us. Exactly. And it's, it's vital. And I would, back to the library card really quick, at one point I heard, and this could be different at this point, but only 3% of the population <laughs> in the U.S. own a library card. Yeah, that's an and older statistic. It may be even point, less now. I don't know. The point being, it's there's a lot of people who don't take advantage of that. And that was us for a long time. But we got library cards before I could afford to buy all the books. Yep. Just started reading. And that's the thing that kind of got me going in that direction. And then when I could, I started buying them. And now I've, we've got books in every nook and cranny of our house. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And our kids are reading all the time too. The one that said he couldn't read now is reading chapter books all the time. And it's just, it's very exciting because 
that statement that readers are leaders. I fully hundred percent believe. Yep. <laughs> uh, so with the whole principle that stirred the idea for this episode is that the way you leave one thing, one subject, one place, one job, one season, one commitment, one community, etc., is how you will enter the next. So how you end one thing is how you'll enter. And I believe that principle wholeheartedly. If you leave something well on good terms, then you are confident and ready to move on to the next thing. Now, what we have experienced in our life um, with different people over the course of time, there's people that have left our life. It's not been on good terms. And they just up and leave and we don't really even get to talk to them face to face and it's really hard and it's really sad and you have to get over it Mm -hmm. because there's nothing you can do to change it and it's very very important that we leave things on good terms no matter what we control what we can control now we cannot control how other people deal with something but what we can do is control how we deal with the situation and maybe it is time to transition out of something out of a job or maybe you are supposed to go to a different church for example or a different school or move to a different neighborhood there is a right way to leave and there is a wrong mm-hmm. way to leave yep and learning how to leave well will help us be good at transition and i'll just add here that uh, it's not about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I hesitate when I say that because I'm sure there are situations where you've got to get out of a negative situation. But based on all the transition that we have gone through recently, the big takeaway for me is I want to make sure that I am doing right by the other people that are involved and honoring them and not trying to just get my way, not trying to make something happen, mm-hmm. but just trusting that it's going to work out all right in the end. Now, the what we're going through the last few months, it's been longer than that, but yeah. the bulk of it the last three months, I, I know you, you don't need to give specifics or anything, but I would like you to share because- <laughs> I saw that in the notes. Because here's what, why. We are already seeing incredible things happening that, okay, so three years ago, we were ready to sell our house because Mike had lost his job unexpectedly and we were like, what are we going to do? And I was, I'm fine. Like, I don't need a special house. Like, I just want my husband and my kids and I want us to be in the right place that we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The house is not important to me. What matters is that we're together. So I was willing to sell our house and do whatever we needed to do to just to, to make it. Mm-hmm. And long story short, we did not need to sell our house. It was really tight for about two years, I would say, do you think? Yeah. And now it's like, well, given, I don't know. Let me jump in and tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is breaking news, I guess, for potential family listeners. I haven't told this story anywhere else. But basically everything that I do professionally is changed in the last couple of months. I am still working with the Blanc Media team, but I am very shortly not going to be there full time. 
and they're great people and I love the fact that I can continue to work with them. But basically what had happened was I was offered a position that I wasn't really looking for that I really wouldn't have thought to apply for, mm-hmm. but it popped up on my radar once I started looking at it and talking about it. You told me it sounds like this job is made for you and uh, it really has been a great fit. And that is not something that I could have manufactured had I tried. And the timing of it is very interesting because I had to reach a conclusion with the stuff that I was doing with the the family business and say, you know, this season has ended for me and I don't even know what the next step is. And uh, the minute that I basically said, this is, okay, God, I, I believe this is what you're telling me to do, so I'm going to trust you and start moving in this direction. That's when things opened up, you know, but it wasn't until I took the first step that I saw the, the next one. And all along the way, over these last several months, there have been a lot of very difficult conversations that have been had. Yeah. And they were difficult for me because I want to make sure that I do right by the people that I am Uh, I'm in relationship with. That's family members with the family business and basically family members with uh, the Sweet Setup team. And I didn't want to leave anybody in a difficult position, but at the same time, I'm trying to balance, well, this is the thing for me. I've been praying about this and this is the path forward for me personally. So I don't know how this is all going to work out. In my head, I'm manufacturing all these negative scenarios (laughs) about how Sean's going to be really upset about this and my dad's going to be really upset about that and they're going to react this way and then I'm going to have to deal with this. None of that happened. (laughs) What I have learned from this whole process is not to get out in front of God yeah, and to take it one step at a time. And that sounds so simple. I get it. (laughs) Because I've been told that same thing for years (laughs) and then finally had to walk it out and get it for myself. Yep. So... Knowledge does not equal application. Faith is when you actually put some action to what you believe. And so I've had to I've had to do that. And it's been several months now since uh, this whole thing started. There have been different pieces of it that have clicked into place at different times, but it has all clicked into place. And it hasn't been something that I have tried to create. I've leaned into the transition. I just knew that this first piece was the necessary one. And then once I got through that, I was like, oh, well, this other piece, this needs to happen too. And then this other one needs to happen. And I don't know how they're going to react. I'll just throw it out there and I'm willing to stay and do what I need to do to make Mm -hmm. sure everybody's taken care of and been completely transparent with everybody in the entire process, which is really the the key. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to get away with anything because I'm not trying to make anything happen. Mm -hmm. I'm just trusting that it's all going to come back to me in the end. Yeah. And it has. Yeah. And that's what I have seen through this process as his wife, you know, I've had to have a lot of conversations with him and praying for him and um, standing by him. And he has done it in a way that is above reproach. What I mean by that is he has been very, very upfront and honest. He has done everything he can to be transparent. That is the perfect word for it. And never coercing or trying to get anything out of anyone, but just trying to do 
the right thing. Well, one of the things that has allowed me to do that is the verse that you got, and I don't have it, the reference off the top of my head, but that verse that says, you'll restore to you the years that the canker worm has eaten. Yeah. And basically what that's saying is, God will multiply it back to you. Yeah. And you think about like the life of Joseph. Yeah. And God gives him a vision, gives him a dream. And the moment that his brothers throw him in the pit and he goes goes into slavery. And then when he's there, he's doing great. And then he gets accused of something that he didn't do and he gets thrown in prison. All of that stuff, it would be easy to give up on that and be like, oh, well, I guess that wasn't, you know, that wasn't God when when he said that. But he didn't. He held on to the faith that that was, that was going to mm-hmm. happen. And he didn't get discouraged by the fact that it wasn't happening as fast as he wanted it to. Yeah. And that story really speaks to me. Uh, and what it tells me is that everything's not going to just click into place for you. Not everything is going to just line up and yeah. it's going to be easy. And that right. does not mean that you are on the wrong path. Yeah. All you can do is make sure that you are right by God. Mm-hmm. And if you are right by God, it's all going to work out. Yeah, every time. And that story is so powerful because you think about Joseph in prison, it says that he found favor with everyone. Like he had a voice when he's in prison. And instead of getting bitter and acting like, oh, I need to, I need to be vindicated, he just kept being a man of high integrity. Yeah. No matter what. You know what? The, uh, I'm thinking about that story and he gives the, let's see, there was the baker and there was mm-hmm. the cupbearer, right? Yep. And the cupbearer was the one who got restored to Pharaoh's palace. And he's he tells him, remember me when you get back with Pharaoh. Yeah. <laughs> he totally forgot about him for years. Yeah. And Joseph could have been mad like, oh man, I missed missed my chance. You know, it was so close. Mm-hmm. I told this guy, everything happened exactly like I said it was going to. And then he just forgot to tell him about me. Yeah. And I had a so very, very, n- not exactly the same thing at all, but kind of like a different version of that for me recently. There's a YouTuber, pretty famous YouTuber, much bigger than any of the stuff that I do. And he made a YouTube video. I'll put a link to this in the the show notes. Uh, Ali Abdal. He he's a he's a really smart guy. He made a YouTube video, twenty podcasts that made me a millionaire. And number four on his list was Bookworm, <laughs> alongside the Tim Ferriss show and like all these really huge shows. He name drops Bookworm, but he's got a team that does all the post production for him, and they linked to the wrong Bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to grow bookworm with Joe Bielig for years. And so initially it's like, oh man, so close. This could have been the thing that just blew it up and now we can sell ads and make money from it finally and all that kind of stuff. But when it happened, I I wasn't upset about it at all. I wasn't like, oh man, that really stinks. Mm-hmm. I reached out to him and said, hey, thanks for the, the mention. By the way, you got the wrong link. He changed it eventually. You know, it's days later now. So the, all the initial traffic is is gone. But uh, if I was in a different mindset, if I had a scarcity mindset and there's only so much success to go around, I could react with bitterness. I'm like, man, why does this kind of stuff always happen to me? Because stuff like that can make or break things that happen online. But instead, my reaction was a oh, lot. Well. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, <laughs> if it, it's going to keep growing slowly and you know, it'll all shake out in the end. Other people, maybe will find it, link to it, whatever. If they don't, no big deal. Yeah, it comes back to why are you doing it? Yeah. You're not doing it to get famous or get 
accolades or make a ton of money from it. But if I was trying to make a specific scenario, yeah. it would be growth for the podcast, right? Yeah. And this could be a thing that I could try to make happen. Mm-hmm. And I can't control the fact that they use the wrong link, yeah, right? And if I'm trying to make that happen, I get all upset because, oh, it almost all lined up, right? Mm-hmm. But I just release it and I'm like, well, whatever. It's, it's going to take care of itself. Yep. And how we handle that stuff is very important. And when we learn to respond to things like that and not just react emotionally, that helps us be good at transition. Because <laughs> because we just don't let stuff bother us. And the analogy I use with one of my children is like, remember the duck? It has a special oil in its feathers and the water just rolls right off. Just let it go. Let it roll right off your back. Don't let it bother you. And that's how we need to be. And that just doesn't mean we're just passive and whatever. But mm-hmm. we don't internalize things that happen. We just yeah. keep going. Your value as an individual is not in what you accomplish or produce. Right. So do your best, yeah, but then don't worry about it. What matters is your character, and that's working harder on yourself. And one story that I have to share is that I'm not, I have a lot to work on. I have not arrived in any way, shape, or form, but I have gotten this comment frequently over the years. Oh, man, I just have one or two kids. I don't know how you do all this with five. And my response is always, well, I started with one, remember? <laughs> yep. And then two, and then, you know, so on and so forth. And my heart goes out to all you people who have had twins and multiples. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's like I had one first. And you figure that out, and then you can add another layer. And that's why I'm able to do the things that I do is because it's slowly adding, and I keep working on improving me. Mm-hmm. Like how can I become the best version of me so that I can have a great impact on those around me? And if you find yourself in a position where you didn't ask for those circumstances, mm-hmm. don't get upset about it. That's not going to help. Yep. Like, well, what, where do we go from here? Yep. Where's the path forward? What is the plan? Yep. How do I navigate this? Yeah. No. And that's, that's good. <laughs> One of the funny quotes that I, we like to say sometimes from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, resistance is useless. Yeah, from the Vogons. <laughs> and it's true. Change is inevitable. Like that phrase that the only constant in life is change. <laughs> it's so true. And when we learn to adapt and overcome continually, we will see amazing things in our life and those around us. And resisting is like swimming upstream. You can only do it for so long until the current becomes too strong and then you just get swept back. Mm -hmm. So just don't fight against it. Don't fight against transition or change in general. But uh, I would say that you can fight for the future and the life that you want. You got to make that differentiation. Yeah, you're not just blindly accepting everything that happens to (laughs) you, but don't judge it so strictly. Like, Mm -hmm. it is what it is, and it happened. So, again, what is the path forward? Mm -hmm. How do we navigate through this? Uh, I'm reminded of the book by Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way. And the very short version of that, is the fact that you're facing some resistance and the fact that there's an obstacle in front of you doesn't mean that you're 
on the wrong path. So don't resist the fact that you would have to change your plans maybe or take an alternate route. Uh, but also don't just turn around and go back and say, oh, well, that didn't work. Right. No. And that's important to know the difference. And with transition, just knowing that there is always a constant. I mean, change is always happening in life. But for for us in particular, we know there is a constant at least. Psalm 102.27 says, but you are the same and your years will have no end. And that's referring to God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, knowing that there is a constant is very, very helpful. <laughs> and then secondly, also know when you're going into transition, what you have gone through so far and what you have learned, whether it's a victory or you made a mistake or whatever, that will help you be prepared for the next thing, the next season. Yes. You're not going without anything. You're not going without any tools. Now, let me speak to that for a second because it always bothers me when you hear people answer the question, what would you have done differently? And they say, I would do everything exactly the same. I don't have any regrets. I don't understand those people. (laughs) I've definitely made wrong choices and I would make (laughs) different choices if I could go back and do them over. Uh But that is different than what you are talking about. So don't say, well, this is all just part of the process, man. And I'll just (laughs) go with the flow and it is what it is. Like there's, there's a line here. Yes. Uh, You want to make right choices. We don't always make right choices, but when you realize that you've made a wrong choice, learn from the experience, get something from it so that you don't repeat it. Yeah. Mistakes have value. Mm-hmm. We can learn so much. And when we are so afraid of making a mistake, we're not going to learn. I mean, you think of a child learning to walk. When they start falling, do you like say, oh, let's just give up because I don't want you to get hurt? No. Every <laughs> parent helps their kid learn to walk, no matter what, how hard it is for them. And or talk or any, a any musician. Skill, like learn, Yeah. Learning how to play an instrument. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to play wrong notes. Learning algebra again for me. <laughs> You're going to say and do stupid stuff. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> you know. Just try not to do it over and over again. Yeah. And just know we all do it. <laughs> we mm-hmm. all make mistakes. <sighs> oh, yeah. I think maybe there's a real briefly, there's a, another lesson to be learned there where if you're going to lean into transition and change, Part of that needs to be, part of that, you have to have the ability to laugh at yourself and not take yourself so seriously. If you feel like you have to be perfect, you'll never step out there because if you make a mistake, you'll hold it against yourself for the next several years. And that's that's not a good place to be. I guess I just have kind of gotten to the place where I admit that I don't know everything. And that's actually very freeing because now I can just experiment Mm -hmm. and I give myself permission. Now I used to believe this way and then this stuff happened. I had these experiences. I talked to these other people who believe something totally different. And I realized that I don't know everything based on my own limited understanding Mm -hmm. and, and experience. 
going back to like liminal thinking by Dave Gray and mm -hmm. like everything that we know and we think is obvious is just one small yeah. sliver of There's reality. Of the story. <laughs> yeah. So giving myself permission to be like, yeah, I used to really believe that thing, but I don't anymore. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's crucial. Really. And that could be tied to an identity. You yeah. Know, I was this thing and I'm not anymore and that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That... And having that mindset that we can change and I don't have to die this way. <laughs> like yes. I can change how I think and how I deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. And perfectionism, man, that will just trap you. It will stop you. It you Perfectionism <sighs> will keep you from changing. Yes. It will try to just lock in the current state, your current yes. mindset, your current values, your current perspective. It's like in Star Wars when they dip Han Solo in the carbonate. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't ever change. <laughs> yeah. Just stay like that forever. And that's ridiculous. That's you can't, impossible. Humans yeah, you cannot be that. perfect in any way, shape, or form. That's just not possible. Yeah. And uh, don't let yourself be a perfectionist. And don't let your kids be perfectionists. Do everything you can to root that out. Because that can that can get real nasty real quick. You know, I remember reading, and I didn't think anything about this at the time, but um, Derek Sivers, he uh, had one essay, which I really, really enjoyed about your work and your art. That one really impacted me. But he had another one where he basically said, you should force yourself to go through transition professionally, and you should change your career every three years. Interesting. And if you understand his story... It's easy to dismiss that as like, oh, that's great for you, Mr. Sivers, but there's no <laughs> way that I could do that. But I know a lot of people who are doing that right now. My co-host at Focus, David Sparks, he went to school to be a, a lawyer and he just shut down his law practice so he could lean into being a creator. And if he had gotten so attached to, well, this is what I did and this is who I was and that's a core part of my identity and wasn't willing to change he never would have arrived at that mm -hmm. that decision yeah no i love that that's so good and i transitioned in well like i'm homeschooling but three years ago we joined classical conversations in our first year i jumped right into being a tutor right away i didn't know the material so i had to dive in the summer before and it was exciting and you know what that did there was so many parents that were inspired that I would just jump right in and take on that leadership role that they also took on leadership roles the next year. So like, if she could do that her first year not knowing the material, I think I could do it too. It, it inspires other people when you challenge yourself and do hard things that you didn't think were possible. A single act of bravery can stiffen the spines of others. <laughs> it's true. It works. And I would like to share this with you. In closing, in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lean into the transition in your life. Embrace it, dig deep, and be faithful. How you exit your current state or season will determine how you transition to the next season, whether that's a job, a new baby, a new house. You can do hard things. Say that. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. <laughs> We're made adaptable and pliable. Grow, be made new day by day. 
His mercies are new every morning. Thanks for listening. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Thank you.